This podcast is supported by FedEx. FedEx offers picture proof of delivery, packageless and paperless returns, as well as weekend home delivery to 98% of the U.S. on Saturday and 50% on Sunday. See the FedEx service guide for delivery information. FedEx ground service is also faster to more locations than UPS ground. See what FedEx can do for your business. Absolutely. Positively. FedEx. Today's show is sponsored by Acura. The spirit of performance is what defines Acura. And now it's electric. Introducing the ZDX, Acura's most powerful SUV yet. Crafted using the same formula that brought them electrified supercars and multiple IMSA championships, the ZDX has track-tested performance that packs an energy all its own. Unlock the energy and order yours at Acura.com. Airbnb. It's wedding season. Yes, it is. What's going on, baby? Alex and I just got invited to a beautiful venue for the wedding of a childhood buddy of mine. Lovely. Can't wait to hear about it. We got babysitters. We're all set to go. And the first thing that you did, Jack? Book a hotel for the wedding. Okay. Second thing that you did? List my place as available that weekend on Airbnb. Millions of people host on Airbnb, but millions more have never even thought about hosting. Here's the thing. We've said it's great to make money while you sleep. Actually, Warren Buffett said that. Well, when you're an Airbnb host, you make money while you sleep and while someone else sleeps. That's why anytime I'm traveling, I immediately jump into Airbnb and set my house as available. It's that easy. So Yetis, your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. This is Nick. This is Jack. Welcome back. It is Tuesday, T-Boy, Tuesday, February 20th. And today's pod is the best one yet. The top three pop business news stories you need to know today. Jack, my co-host, or should I call you Mogul Maniac Jack? How was your skiing this weekend, man? How'd it go? It's actually my hometown hill. Memorial Park, $10 lift ticket. It was delightful. This ain't no epic pass. Jack, we were over in Sundance for the first time skiing in Utah. It was beautiful in Utah. Still ready? Renting skis, Nick? I'm going to get him. I'm going to get him. Yetis, you're looking fantastic to kick off the week. Jack, three stories for today's show. What do we got? For our first story, the Girl Scout cookie business is happening right now, and they're about to pass a billion dollars in sales for the first time ever. Those Samoas, they are profit puppies. For our second story, Robinhood, the stock trading app, jumped 16% last week on the stock market. Because Robinhood's business got boring. (laughs) Wall Street thing boring is exciting. For our third and final story, we've talked a lot about airline stocks. Did you know about airport stocks? Because Athens, Greece just IPO'd their international airport. So Jack and I flew to Athens. No, we didn't fly to Athens. <laughs> I wish we'd flown to Athens. But yet is before we hit that wonderful mix of stories. A fantastic mix of stories for the four-day work week. We've talked a lot about flations over the past couple of years. We told you about shrinkflation, funflation, loveflation. How about tooth fairyflation, Nick? Tooth fairyflation, because the tooth fairy is splurging right now. According to good data we're about to cite, the tooth fairy is dropping Benjamins under pillows like she was a flying Oprah. Delta, the dental insurance company, turns out they survey thousands of parents every year to figure out the size of the Tooth Fairy's tooth prize. And get this, the average Tooth Fairy payment per tooth is up 5x in the last 20 years. Now, I was a kid, we never got more than a dollar per tooth. Jack, full disclosure, I got quarters. I was getting George Washington's on this stuff. I wasn't getting full bills. Today, 
the average tooth in America gets $6 under the pillow the next morning. You could buy out your parents for that kind of money, Jack. And that price increase is four times the rate of inflation. That's not a tooth fairy present. That's a stimulus check. That's not a tooth fairy gift. That's an endowment. Okay, but here's the wildest part. The tooth fairy isn't just getting more generous. He's also getting more creative. <laughs> I think she's a she, but let's roll with it, Jack. I like what you're putting out. Get this. Kids aren't just getting cash under their pillow these days. They're getting entire parties thrown for them. Turns out one out of five kids is now getting money and a gift with those canines. On Pinterest, searches for Tooth Fairy Party jumped 40% last year to reward little Johnny with a whole festival. Little Lucy's getting 50 bucks and a pony. And a pony? Two molars, two ponies. So you lose a tooth. You get money and a cake and 50 friends jumping on a bounce house in the driveway. And don't forget the pinata, Jack. You also get a pinata. So Yetis, for T-Boy Tuesday, Nick and I want to know from you. How much should the Tooth Fairy leave you? What's the appropriate gift that the Tooth Fairy should be leaving? Comment on our Instagram post at T-Boy Pod. Six dollars? That seems unreasonable. We want to know the perfect Tooth Fairy gift. A ball pit? Now we're talking. Hold on to your incisors, Jack. Let's hit our three stories. 15 years before this song, two boys from the Northeast met in the dorm. They had an idea that caused a cultural storm. It's the best one yet, but the best is the norm. Jack, Nick, that's it. I don't even think they need to practice. 50%, that's a fat tip. T-Boy City on your at list. If you know, you know, because we ready to go. We can't wait no more, so just start the show. For our first story, we just got the numbers on the business of Girl Scout cookies. The Girl Scout cookies, for the first time ever, are going to become a unicorn this year. All right, Jack, let's whip out the calendars here. September, you're drinking pumpkin spice. November, you're eating turkey. Go on. February, you are face deep in a mountain of Samoas, baby. You just upset the Thin Mints community, Nick. (laughs) And if... (laughs) This is a powerful community. Yet he's back away from the Biscoff. It is Girl Scout cookie season. Girl Scout cookies officially went on sale earlier this month. But yet he's, the Girl Scouts are not just a nonprofit initiative building confidence, entrepreneurship, and skills. Which it does all those things, though. It turns out the Girl Scouts are also a billion-dollar business. Get this. For the first time ever. Girl Scout cookie sales are expected to hit $1 billion this year. Hold on to your dosy dough peanut butter patties, Jack. <laughs> Girl Scout cookies are growing a unicorn horn. Jack, before we jump into these financials, can you sprinkle on some context for us, please? A billion dollars in annual sales is more than Pepperidge Farm cookies. It's equal to Chips Ahoy cookies, and it's second only to Oreos. Girl Scout cookies is the number two cookie in America. It's number two. Yeah, is you do not mess with that green vest. Thin mint, thick profit margins. But Yetis, Jack and I should point out there is some drama when it comes to the Girl Scout cookies this year. For the first time in six years, the Girl Scouts are expected to increase their price for those cookies across America. And not just a small increase, Yetis. We're talking about a 40% price hike on those Samoas. Now, the prices of cookies vary by region. They're decided by the local Girl Scout Council and the local bakery that actually cooks the cookies. For example, in New York City, if you're walking down Lexington Avenue, you're going to see a box of cookies go from $5 to $7 from the Girl Scouts. In New Jersey, the price hike is from $5 to $6 this year. (laughs) Now, here's the interesting thing, besties. The box of the Girl Scout cookies shows the nutritional facts, but the New York Times just crunched the financial facts. Here it is. For each $6 box of Girl Scout cookies, $1.29 of that sale 
goes to the bakery that cooked it. Because the Girl Scouts, they're not like whipping up these thin mints over in their kitchens with their moms, right? No, they outsource the cooking, including to Ferrero, an Italian huge food company that also makes Nutella. So $1.29 goes to the bakery, but $3.73 of that $6 box goes to the shipping and to the restocking and to the credit card fees. And that leaves about $1.30 left over at the end as profit per box. Cha-ching, cha-ching, that's 22% profit margins for that box of Girl Scout cookies. Which is actually a smaller profit margin than Oreo, and Oreo doesn't have free sales force. That is why Troop 2988 down in Hendersonville, North Carolina, is trying to upsell you on the Caramel Delights. She's going to love them. You should get two boxes. Now, Nick, there's 1.7 million Girl Scouts in America right now. So to hit a billion dollars of sales for the first time ever, each Girl Scout has to sell about $600 worth of sales. It helps that toasted coconut is my love language. How many boxes have you bought so far, Nick? I actually bought too many because they now accept Venmo. So Jack, what's the takeaway for our buddies over in the Girl Scouts? Everyone who works, works in sales. Yeah, it is even people not working, they're in sales too. If you think about it, Life is full of sales moments in disguise. When you ask someone out on a date, when you ask someone for a favor, when you ask someone to hire you, all of those, they're sales moments. Because you must persuade someone to do something. And that's what sales is all about. Business and life, they are full of moments where you must always be closing. You must be selling. And that is why this Girl Scout cookie program is so powerful. It trains girls the crucial skill of sales. Yeah, when you approach a Girl Scout, you are not getting out of there without them whipping up six different sales tactics on you, right, Jack? You should buy these cookies, first of all, because they're delicious. Second, because my Girl Scout troop needs the money. And third, because I want that bike. Oh, and fourth, if that didn't work, my dad is your boss. Pay up. <laughs> That's the skill of persuasion right there, Nick. Yeah, these sales skills being taught by the Girl Scouts with the Girl Scout cookies, that is more valuable than you realize. Because everyone who works, works in sales. For our second story, Robinhood stock surged 16% last week after announcing a quarterly profit. Not too shabby. Because the most exciting thing about Robinhood right now is the most boring part of Robinhood. All right, Jack, you know how to start this story. Full disclosure. <laughs> you got it, man. Nick and I worked at Robinhood for three years and change because we sold our first company to Robinhood. That company was Market Snacks. When Jack and I started at Robinhood, it was just a 200-person startup. But when we left Robinhood, it was a 2,000-person IPO'd publicly traded company. It was actually 3,000 people at that time, but I like your 200, 2,000, so let's stick with that. And, Yetis, you may have heard this podcast years ago when it was called Snacks Daily, which at the time was part of Robinhood. And then Robinhood sponsored our show, but they don't anymore. And today, Robinhood is no longer associated with us, but... Jack and I know a lot about Robinhood. We still know the key metrics that Robinhood cares about, and we saw what Robinhood stock did last week, so we decided to cover this story. Here's the news. Robinhood just enjoyed its second ever quarterly profit. There we go. It caused the stock price to jump by 16% last week. In fact, Robinhood stock is up 60%. Since November. So we know what you're thinking, Yetis. What is going on with Robinhood? Is Robinhood still the same GameStop, Mean Coin, Doge, Hodel company that you saw during the GameStop craze? No, it's not, Nick. Robinhood has changed. And Jack and I think Robinhood's transformation can be explained by two specific numbers. Three years ago, the metric Robinhood cared about most was monthly active users. How many people opened up the app 
each month. And Jack, why was Robinhood so focused on monthly active users? Because monthly active users is how Robinhood made just about all their money. Three years ago, 80% of Robinhood's revenues came from active users trading stocks on Robinhood. The more active users pushing buy and pushing sell, the more money Robinhood was making. But here was the surprise last week. The number of active users on Robinhood has fallen by half in the last three years. During the peak meme stock era, over 20 million people were on Robinhood every month. But last quarter, it was down to just 11 million people. Well, Jack and I have noticed that Robinhood has a new hero stat, don't they, Jack? They're not as focused on monthly active users anymore. Now they're focused on assets under custody. Assets under custody. That is actually the opposite of active traders. Assets under custody is how much money is sitting in all of the Robinhood customers' account combined. And this new hero metric about assets just hit an all time high. The amount of money in Robinhood accounts jumped 65% over the past year to over $100 billion. And yet, he's just to repeat this, that's money that's not trading stocks. That's money that's just sitting there. And Robinhood made 50% of its revenue last quarter, earning interest on all that money that's just sitting there. Robinhood's business has basically gone from meme stonk to savings account. So Jack, what's the takeaway for our buddies over at Robinhood? Venture capital rewards risk. Wall Street rewards boring. Like we said, Jack and I were at Robinhood for three years when it went from startup through an IPO. We saw the transition from a private company funded by VCs to a public company funded by Wall Street investors. Back then, venture capitalists rewarded risk. They rewarded unprofitable growth at all costs because it was like a rocket ship. But today, Wall Street rewards boring. They're rewarding slow but profitable growth like a bank. Gettys, in general, private markets tend to want you to move fast. Public markets, they prefer stability. Actually, Jack, in general, private markets tend to want you to move fast, but public markets, they don't want you to break things. And Robinhood stock rise highlights it. VCs reward moving fast. Wall Street rewards not breaking things. This episode is sponsored by Audible, the home of storytelling. Protector. That's from the opening chapter of The Last Thing He Told Me. Or is it protect her? It's protector. Yeah, it's like that. It's a thrilling mystery my wife and I listened to on Audible. It actually got adapted into a TV show, but it was way more riveting as an audiobook, wasn't it, man? It's about a tech executive who disappears when his company gets indicted on accounting fraud. But he disappeared... To protect her. And honestly, we shouldn't say anymore. Let's stop we'll that. We listen to the whole audiobook on Audible while driving in the car on road trips. And you should too. As an Audible member, you can choose one title a month to keep from their entire catalog. New members can try Audible free for 30 days. Visit audible.com slash tboy or text tboy to 500-500. That's audible.com slash tboy or text tboy to 500-500. Canva. Six years ago, Nick and I were designing the pitch deck for our media company. Yeah, we didn't want it to look like some amateur college PowerPoint. We wanted to impress investors. So we made our first pitch deck on Canva. Canva is the easy-to-use online design platform for presentations, social media posts, physical flyers, anything you can design. Canva turns you into a digital da Vinci, delighting your audience with design. They got these color palettes that you can use. It makes your work look beautiful. We used presentation templates that were available for free and then customized them for our company. And guess what? That summer, we sold that company, Market Snacks, thanks to the deck we built with Canva. Oh, and funny thing, we still use Canva today for all our design projects. So Yetis, start designing today at canva.com. Canva designed for work. For our third and final story, the country of Greece just IPO'd, get this, 
their airport. We're jumping in T-Boy style to the Athens International Airport stock. Oh, Jack, chalk this up to a story I never thought we'd cover, but I'm so glad we're covering it. You know what I mean? Well, let me back up to when you and I had just graduated from college. Greece was in trouble. It was the epicenter of the European debt crisis. It was sad. It was tough to watch. So in the past decade, Greece has made painful cuts. They've suffered financial austerity. And then people have suffered economically. Now, the Greek economy, it's made a whole bunch of progress, but it's still not quite there yet. Greece's national debt is still the third biggest in the world relative to the size of their economy. So, yeah, these interesting story Jack and I noticed over the weekend. The Greek government has just come up with a very interesting solution. They just raised money by selling off the Athens International Airport in an IPO. The Athens Airport. You can now buy stock in this thing. It's now a $3 billion publicly traded company. Jack, that is a whole lot of feta, man. Party in Mykonos, then buy stock in the airport on the way home. Zeus approves of this move, Jack. Now, this is a unique moment of the show because we've covered airline stocks many times before, but we've never covered an airport stock. This is what Jack and I found fascinating. It's a whole new industry for us to jump into T-Boy style. And Jack, what did we learn about how the Athens airport makes money? According to Athens airport's financial statements, they made $14 million in parking fees last year, $77 million in collecting rent from the restaurants in Terminal B. They're selling a whole lot of souvlaki over at Terminal 34B, Yetis. But interestingly, 72% of the airport's revenue comes from one place. The airlines. The airlines. Yeti's airport gates are actually some of the most scarce assets in the entire economy. JFK International Airport has 130 gates. That's it. LAX Airport, it's only got 150 gates. That's it. And if you want more gates, there's no room to add more gates. Oh, you want a new airport? You'll have to wait 20 years to build the new airport. This is all the tarmac. It's all we got. The world's major cities have a scarce number of airport gates, and all the airlines have to fight for access to them. And since the Athens airport only has 56 gates, those airlines, they got to pay a pretty penny to park at them. (laughs) (laughs) I I couldn't think of a verb, Jack. (laughs) No, they basically pay like a lease to have access to gate 43B for the next 10 years. And they pay more and more money as tourism grows and grows and grows. So Jack, can you whip up some Spanakopita for us and tell us the takeaway for our buddies over at the Athens International Airport? Greece just IPO'd their travel industry. Get this, Yetis. The Athens Airport is how 35% of the world's tourists enter Greece. And they only do it through those 56 gates. There's no other way to get to Greece. You're not going to take a boat from Baltimore to Athens. And you can't drive from San Francisco to Santorini. It's just that airport. Plus, a whopping one-fifth of Greek GDP is from those tourists spending money once they get into Greece. So the Parthenon is a beautiful architectural ruin. But the Athens airport is the country's key travel asset. So Greece is selling off its most important tourism asset to raise money to pay down debt. By IPOing the Athens International Airport, Greece just IPOed their travel industry. Jack, could you whip up the takeaways for us over there? America's 1.7 million Girl Scouts are expected to sell a billion dollars worth of Girl Scout cookies for the first time this year. They're learning the core skill of sales because everyone who works, works in sales. For our second story, Robinhood stock jumped 16% last week after hitting a profit for the second time. VCs want you to move fast. Wall Street wants you to not break things. For our third and final story, Greece just IPO'd the Athens International Airport to raise money and pay down debt. Greece just IPO'd the key asset of their entire travel industry. 
But Yetis, this pod's not over yet. Here's what else you need to know today. First, Japan's economy unexpectedly shrank. They're in a recession. And now Japan has fallen to the fourth biggest economy from third. The biggest is America. The second biggest is China. And the third biggest is now Germany after passing Japan. And second, NVIDIA, the computer chip company whose stock has tripled in the last year, by the way, just leapfrogged Amazon when it comes to valuation. They also leapfrogged Alphabet last week. NVIDIA is now the third most valuable company in America. And finally, Snoop Dogg and Dr. Dre just launched a gin and juice brand. They are sipping on gin and juice. 30 years since that song came out, they're commercializing those lyrics. Now time for the best fact yet. This one sent in by Chris Harp from lovely Austin, Texas. Turns out when astronauts are up in space, they age slower. Astronauts go up, but when they come back down, they're actually not as old as they would be if they'd stayed on Earth. Now, this isn't the plot of a Christopher Nolan movie called Interstellar. Although it also is. <laughs> it's actually simple physics. Objects age slower the less they're affected by gravity. The International Space Station is way further away from Earth's gravity than you are right now. So the secret to keeping skin wrinkle-free, it's not eye cream, which Nick and I have been trying out for a few years. Toss it in the wrinkle cream graveyard, Jack. Less gravity. Just turn the gravity down. How does Jack look so young? He just climbs trees. He tries to get further <laughs> from gravity all the time. That's your secret, right, Jack? That's my micro anti-wrinkle strategy. <laughs> Yetis, you're looking fantastic for T-Boy Tuesday. And since it is T-Boy Tuesday, what do we want to know, Jack? If a kid loses his teeth and puts the tooth under the pillow, how much should the tooth fairy leave him? Yeah, what should the tooth fairy leave? Like a, you know, a pony, a pinata? <laughs> or just a buck. That's what Nick and I got. Or is it like a tooth mitzvah? You know, do you bring a lot of people in and it becomes a whole thing? Wow, you're really amping up the, the rewards thing. I'm thinking way less. You're thinking way more. Jack, if I'm not getting a cruise out of that incisor as an adult, then I don't know what's happening. Hit us up at T-Boy Pod. Let us know how much the Tooth Fairy should be giving for each tooth. Happy T-Boy Tuesday. Jack and I will see you tomorrow. And before we go, a happy birthday to Yeti Carly Malotsky, who's celebrating in the Bay Area and... She just had her 113th episode of her podcast, She Leads. And happy birthday to Owen Meadows, who's celebrating with a trip to Columbia. And Alex Crow is celebrating a birthday up north in California in lovely Eureka. Happy birthday to Cameron Radosevich in Albuquerque, New Mexico. And Cassie Zahaney is celebrating a birthday over in St. Louis Blues. Happy birthday to Chris Sesney, who's celebrating with a five-mile walk with Mr. Pickles little puppy. Brian Bland just got promoted in Saratoga, California. Celebrate that win. Drinks on Brian. And happy anniversary to Zach O'Brien and Christy Wynn. Zach moved from San Diego to New York City to be with Christy. That is a win to celebrate. This is Jack. I own stock of Amazon and Nick and I both own stock of Robinhood. If you like the best one yet, you can listen ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus in the Wondery app or on Apple Podcasts. Prime members can listen ad-free on Amazon Music. And before you go, tell us a little bit about yourself by filling out a short survey at wondery.com survey. We want to get to know you. Behind every successful business is a story, and some of them might surprise you. Like how Chobani's first yogurt factory was discovered on a piece of junk mail, or how the founder of the multi-million dollar cosmetics brand Drunk Elephant was told by everyone, including her own mother, that the name sounded like a dive bar. I'm Guy Raz, and on my show How I Built This, I talk to founders behind the world's biggest companies to learn the real stories of how they built them. In each episode, you'll hear entrepreneurs share moments of doubt and 
and failure and talk about how they were able to overcome them on their way to the top. How I Built This is like a masterclass in innovation and creativity from the people who've done it all. Follow How I Built This wherever you get your podcasts. You can listen to How I Built This early and ad-free right now on Wondery+. Plus. For more deep dive and daily business content, listen to Wondery, the destination for business podcasts. With shows like How I Built This, Business Wars, and many more, Wondery means business.